Thank you for joining us here at the First Love Ministries at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois for Sunday, March 7th, 2021. Pastor Jonathan Warren has titled his message today, Recalibration Required. Our liturgist today is David Elbers. The scripture reading comes from Exodus 20, 1 through 17. And our gospel reading is John 2, 13 through 22. Reservations are now available for Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. You can register online by going to www.firstpresjax.org slash registration. That's www.firstpresjax.org slash registration. Or you can call the office at 217 245-4189 and let the office know. The Children's Committee has purchased resurrection sets for Easter. Easter is a time when we celebrate Jesus' resurrection and new life. An illustration resurrection set is convenient to add to your already Easter plans or use as an easy standalone activity for craft. Simply add colors to the pieces of your set and have some conversation about each of the various characters and their roles in the story as you cut them out. Select any of the gospel passages to help you recall the story of Jesus' resurrection to share with your children. Detailed instructions are included with your package. Sets are now available for families to pick up in the bin at the East Entrance Choir Room door. Once children complete their sets, families are invited to post their pictures for all to see. You can post them at First Press Jack's Community Facebook page. You will also receive a one great hour of sharing fish bank which the children enjoy filling. You can bring them back to the church in person this month or simply call the office at 217-245-4189 for no contact drop-off. We hope this will be a fun activity for you and your children. We are also updating our family friendship directory for the church and wish to make sure that if there are any changes to your address or email, phone, please contact the office at 217-245-4189 so we can know and enter those changes. Thank you very much once again for tuning in to us this week. We pray you have a safe, healthy, and peaceful upcoming week and enjoy this pre-spring weather we are currently enjoying. God bless. Let us prepare our hearts for scripture by saying the prayer for illumination together. God of mercy, you promised never to break your covenant with us. Amid all the changing words of our generation, speak your eternal word that does not change. Then may we respond to your gracious promises with faithful 
and obedient lives. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. The scripture reading is from Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. Let us listen to the word of God. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or male or female slave, or ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
gospel reading for today comes from John chapter 2, verse 13 through 22. Let us listen to the word of God. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? And Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will rise it up again. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Many years ago, our family went to New York City, and when we got there, we parked right near Times Square, and that was our first big sight in the city. We looked all around at those billboards and those tall buildings, and the first thing Hannah asked was if we could eat at McDonald's for lunch. We came all this way to New York City, and there just was no way that we were going to eat at McDonald's. Sorry, Hannah. We're going to eat at some other great places. So, That day and the next, we explored this great big city, and around lunchtime the next day, we lost track of time, and we found a quick sandwich place to eat. We figured out that $100 for all four of us to eat sandwiches was just way too much. So we left and started searching for other places to eat, and we found another place, and we went in, and it was hopping. I knew it would be good. Vaughn took one look at the menu and said the kids, kids couldn't eat here. So now it was like 1.30, way past lunchtime for preschoolers. We had to find someplace quick. That's when we looked at each other and said, well, Hannah, you get your wish. We're going to McDonald's for lunch. And when we got there, There weren't many tables open, so I stayed to order the food while Siobhan and the girls went upstairs to find a place to sit. I finally got all the food and went upstairs to find them. Little did we know that the best place to see Times Square is at McDonald's. They found this table right next to the window on the second floor. It was phenomenal. You could see everything from there. In fact, If we hear of anyone going to New York City, we tell them to go to McDonald's on Times Square because the view is extraordinary. Somehow, Hannah knew this was the best place to eat in the city. We were so busy 
thinking like tourists that we forgot we were also parents of preschool children. Like a car that drifts off course, our lunch plan needed some recalibrating. In today's scripture reading, we see Jesus had enough and moves beyond the pleasantries. He's literally turning things upside down. We know why, because he tells them to stop making my father's house a marketplace. Now, bear in mind that John puts this event at a much different place than all the other Gospels. John isn't worried about the timeline or being historically accurate. John in writing this gospel, is focused on theological implications, which go much deeper than the literal events. And knowing this about John's gospel, we must dig deeper to find out what else Jesus is turning upside down. Now, right before this story, Jesus turns water into wine, which demonstrates the abundance that the Messiah brings. When Jesus turns over the tables, the religious Leaders ask Jesus for evidence or a sign that he was the one with the authority to do it. They never ask why Jesus acted the way he did because they all knew in Malachi 3.1, which says, one day the Lord would suddenly come to the temple to straighten things out like a refiner's fire, like fuller's soap. But they're clueless when he tells them about God raising up a new temple. And then, just after this story, we discover that Nicodemus, a Pharisee of considerable standing, fails to grasp the necessity of spiritual rebirth from above. He's a leader among the rabbis. Not only does Jesus symbolically expose spiritual corruption, but he's telling them that they all need Spiritual recalibration. Now, just two years ago, a fire consumed most of the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. I'm sure many of you remember that. Feels like a decade ago, but I would imagine most of you remember those days in April. The fire was devastating and the building was irreparable. It was universally understood as a loss of something crucial. In fact, they almost immediately found willing corporate sponsors like Apple and Gucci, L'Oreal, and others who pledged millions of dollars to restore it. It took weeks for folks to stand up to take care of it. Now, this is a recent example, but it illustrates today's scripture reading. As one scholar explains, our relationship to bricks and mortar as our passage reminds us, is endlessly complicated. Why the fuss over a building when people are dying for lack of resources? Why can't we find the same zeal in giving millions of dollars for Notre Dame Cathedral for drinking water in Flint? Now today, I just want to do a quick year in review, since next week marks a year since we started sheltering at home. The last 12 months, we've been living in the midst of a pandemic. In May, George Floyd said, I can't breathe, when he was killed. And that phrase, I can't breathe, linked the coronavirus with the ubiquitous and implacable nature 
of institutional racism. Many eyes were opened to systemic racism that's still happening in our country. And then also, we experienced a divisive presidential election. Many of you uh, have been isolated for far too long, some without seeing friends and family beyond Facebook or FaceTime. Many in our midst have experienced illness. Some have experienced loss, deep loss of loved ones who have died. We're exhausted and tired. We've discovered that Zoom fatigue is actually a real thing. Some have missed our regular and needed vacations. Many in our midst haven't stepped foot in the church building for a year. And while it looks like things are improving, it's still going to be a while until we achieve herd immunity. I don't know about you, but it's too much. And because our relationship to bricks and mortar is endlessly complicated, we too are probably in need of spiritual recalibration. In fact, after a year like this, most of us will probably need a complete overhaul. Now, this is where Christ's message, while not easily understood, is essential. Not only do the people of God need recalibrating, but worship needs it too. Jesus not only turns the tables upside down in the story, but the entire theology of worship is turned on its head. That's why it's essential that in the writing of the gospel, John puts this story in the second chapter right after the first sign, the first miracle. Not because it happened historically that way, but because the disciples and us and all those who worship God need to know that God's temple is no longer made of brick and mortar. Now bear in mind that the disciples still don't figure this out until after Christ's death and resurrection, and they're with them daily. The authority and sign given to and through Jesus Christ is through his life, his death, and his resurrection. One scholar says this story, Jesus implies that he is the embodiment of God's presence, which gives God's people the assurance of divine presence forever. We need something more permanent than a building. Because the temple's second reconstruction has taken 46 years, and we know now that it will only be standing for a few decades. And now all that's left is part of the foundation. So in turning, in turning the way we worship on its head, Jesus is creating not only a new worship place, but a new relationship with people and things. Jesus is creating a church not made with hands, but a more lasting structure than market forces can facilitate or imagine. He's creating something called the beloved community. If you want to learn more about this beloved community, you just have to read the rest of John's gospel. 
where we see friends helping enemies, where we see signs of healing and accepting the outcast and those on the fringe of society, where we hear and see hope and life on a journey to the cross. I've really been enjoying reading our church's Lenten devotional each day during this Lenten season. Last week, I read our newest member, Sally Stocks, and it really speaks to this idea. Sally quotes a favorite song of hers whose words say, I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. All who follow Jesus all around the world, yes, we're the church together. The church is not a building, the church is not a steeple, the church is not a resting place, the church is a people. Then Sally wrote, Music and good lyrics have always been inspirational to me. During this pandemic, the chorus and first verse of this hymn have frolicked through my brain frequently. COVID-19 didn't shut down the church because we are the church. It's our job to continue being the church wherever we are, recognizing that we carry the church with us wherever we might go. We've just been on an unplanned fast from our building. Lessons can be hard, but hopefully we will use the lesson of being away from the physical building to learn new ways to be the church. Even though this has always been the case, we've been forced to recognize the truth. I look forward to assembling together again in the physical church building. Then, like the fourth verse of that song, says, and when the people gather, they're singing and there's praying, there's laughing and there's crying sometimes, all of it saying, I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. All who follow Jesus all around the world, yes, we're the church together. It's as if Sally knew exactly what I'd be preaching today. as we participate in this unplanned fast from our building. What lessons have you learned in being the church together? The power in Jesus turning over the tables and recalibrating worship is that a building is that, just a building. While it's special and beautiful and nice, and this, be- this church especially is so beautiful, but it's just bricks and mortar. It won't last forever. It doesn't move. But when Jesus becomes the embodiment of God's divine presence, the beloved community can worship no matter the circumstance. We can learn new ways to be the church we have learned new ways to be the church. The reach of God's love and hope can move beyond just one place. So I ask you, how is God moving and stirring through you this Lent?
how can we be the church in new and different ways? I am the church. You are the church. We are the church together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We invite you to join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and join our Monday First Pres Jacks community group, which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room, and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. There is also a Lenten class on Thursdays at the same time and the same place. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. Join us at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjacks slash and click on the live link. In-person service starts at 10 a.m. Visitors and members are encouraged to come into the north door. A person will be there to take your temperature via your wrist or your forehead. We ask that masks be kept on while in the church building. If you found today's sermon inspiring or any other program available here at First Love Ministries at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, useful, and would like to support our ministry, there are a few different options available. You can visit www.firstpresjacks.org donate and make your contribution there, or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute through your bank using bill pay. If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at first presjacks.org That's office at F-I-R-S-T P-R-E-S J-A-X dot O-R-G We pray you have a safe, healthy, and peaceful week. God bless.